Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Hope Balfa, your IGC Life Coach, and I'm here to guide you on a transformative journey like no other. The Breakup Baddie is the ultimate podcast for those who are ready to break free from the shackles of bad habits, limiting mindsets, and one-sided relationships. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Hope, a.k.a. The Breakup Baddie, and you're tuning in to another episode of The Breakup Baddie Podcast. So with me today, I have a longtime friend um, and someone I've always looked up to. Her name is Summer Shine. Summer, say hey. Hey. Hey, girl. What's up? <laughs> we have been through so much together. Um, go ahead and tell everybody who you are, what it is. Like, if you were to give a short bio, what would you say about yourself? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, there's so much to say. We haven't known each other for a long time, and we've been through some, like, big breakups together. Like, I we've know. seen some ugly stuff. We've seen some good stuff. Yeah. It was nice to have you. Um, you got a divorce before I did mm-hmm. from a from a major relationship, a very public relationship. Yes. And so I kind of got to watch what happened with you mm-hmm. and knew that there was hope mm. for what was going to happen with me because uh. the fir- I remember the first two years were just super rough for you Gosh, yeah. and they were for me too. Yeah. But then I saw you come out of it and you came out so much stronger. So I, you say you looked up to me, but I've always looked up to you. Oh. So those are the best kinds of friendships though, is that like you have that mutual respect and you can come to each other when times are hard, but then you also are like motivated by each other. Yeah. Totally. So what are you doing these days? Well, I sell hot tubs now. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, my whole life people have told me that I should be in sales and mm-hmm. I've always hated salespeople. I don't like salespeople. Because you're a genuine salesperson. Cause I, yeah. Because yeah. I only sell things that I really, really, Same. yeah, like. You stand behind them. You have that's integrity. Yep. yep, that's right. And so um, it turns out I should have been selling hot tubs my whole life. <laughs> Are you doing well? Um, yeah, I You're do You're helping the good. company out a lot. I do. I've, I make myself useful wherever I go. There's mm-hmm. never a place that I'm not useful. I, that's, I don't know if it's like my love language or if it's the thing that, it, it's really a defense mechanism. <laughs> if I'm working, yeah. nobody can say an ugly thing about me because I'm working. Right. Are you a three on the Enneagram? Oh, honey. I'm a three (laughs) with a three wing. A three with two three wings. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's right. Like I'm balanced. (laughs) Yes, totally. I'm like a three to the core. And I've had to break up with my three a little bit Mm -hmm. too and quit performing because I'm a performer. Yeah. And Summer's owned some businesses too around here. Uh And like I've, I've been super impressed by like your, and I'm sure it was hard behind the scenes, but like to let go or walk away from something, even if it's something you love, something you built was your baby and still for you to turn and say, okay, I can build something new or my life can look different and it's still going to be beautiful and everything. So you owned Luna Juice. Luna Juice, Mm -hmm. um, Unshakable Milkshakes Mm -hmm. and then Sunshine Recovery House. And then I I sold, uh, I donated Unshakable to Sunshine Recovery House, resigned as the executive director and sold Luna Juice all around the same time. And that was in 2020. It was, it was December, 2019. 
So COVID, and I, and I left. I left those careers to pursue a career as a motivational speaker. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> I mean, I was like traveling around the world. I had Were like you? several. I had not around the world, around the United States. Well, I mean, but I had I had done six conferences in 2019. Been paid for them. They pay for what? your travel. It really seemed like the life I want to do. So I'd created a brand. It was called Summershine Speaks. I had a logo. I had a website set up. How the hell did I miss all this? I was supposed to drop April 1st uh-huh. of 2020. Uh-huh. March 21st, the world shut down. Oh, my god. So I went to my first conference in January of 2020 in New York City, did my conference there, flew from New York City to Miami to cook for athletes at a, nice. at a competition, okay. at a CrossFit competition, uh-huh. flew from Miami to New Orleans to celebrate my son's birthday. We love New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> we love New Orleans. <laughs> then got home, and when I got home, they were like, if you have visited New York, Miami, or New Orleans, you've definitely got COVID. Oh and the whole world God. shut down, and all of the conferences for the rest of the year got canceled. Oh, my word. All of them did. And they were like, we're going to reschedule them to Zoom. And I was like, I, I can't do people on zoom it yeah. seems flat to me yeah. i can't tell if people are engaged i i just can't speak mm-hmm. on camera yeah because you know? you're not you're not one of those people where i mean you are a performer but when it comes to like i, I could see motivational speaking you want to see people's feedback you want to feel yep. their energy you're not just talking to be like just to talk to hear yourself talk you're no. really talking to like reach someone that's right so yeah you want to make sure it lands and how their body language is and everything so are they laughing at my joke right are they is laughing that a funny joke or not <laughs> am like, i the yeah. only one laughing <laughs> yes so <laughs> did they try to reschedule after covid or anything? they tried to reschedule a couple of uh conferences called me and said we'll reschedule for the next year and by that time I did not feel motivational yeah. at all you yeah. know a lot of things had changed in my life I wasn't married anymore I didn't have a kid I lived on my own for the first time I'd sold my house and moved into a camper mm-hmm. I was you know like I had had this long bout of abstinence from drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. I was not choosing to be abstinent anymore mm-hmm. and so it was like this whole new person mm-hmm. and I didn't I, I still don't know how to yeah. make this motivational. Yeah. You know, like I, mean, I sell hot tubs. <laughs> yeah. It was so motivational that you, gosh, just the, the, so many people resist whatever, like I think of the caterpillar and a butterfly, like so many people fight against that cocoon phase and they don't like, they end up creating more turmoil and more harm and more damage whenever they're just trying to force something. But you, it's so motivational that I watch you over the past like 13 years or however long it's been. Um, like you go through these phases where you, there's like a transition happening and then boom, here comes summer. And she's like this new butterfly, you know, but you, you have seasons. And I feel like if people would embrace that more, like that's motivating to me is like you don't always even though you're a three which is ironic it's like you don't always have to be on and performing and people and like you come back and you're like very honest about what the last season was for you always I remember remember seeing you at church under the bridge one time and you were like yeah um I think probably the first time I ever heard you speak and I mean this was like oh nine to ten or something and you were like yeah I just had a relapse or whatever and you were like but like I learned so much and like just the way that you always flung shame off like you never wanted shame to steal like your story and like the way you could help people in your story yeah I don't know that was just that was something I admired about you I was like that more people need to be like that because fuck shame yeah because fuck shame I mean and and as a three I take shame and turn it into something pretty Mm -hmm. I take anything that seems like an obstacle and I make it look like Mm -hmm. it's not an obstacle but I genuinely feel that way too yeah I'm like one of those people that's like the deeper you fall the bigger the bounce back you know Mm -hmm. and and that has been proven in my life. Yeah. I always know when I'm at my lowest that there's a big comeback coming. I mm. always know that because it's just always been the way for me, Gosh, you know? 
I love so that. I've always been able to fall all the way, burn it all the way to the ground and then grow it back up. You know? <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I wonder why, cause I feel like I've never, ugh, like I've never been able to do that. Um, and I've always just treaded water, like just above like a dangerous place and then, you know, come back up and then it just sometimes, and I'm like, why is it that I haven't, I don't know. I think maybe it was because I was like the oldest child, the one bailing my dad out of jail, the one like trying to mediate. So my mom wasn't being too hard on my siblings. So I feel like there was always a sense of responsibility that I had to be okay or else everyone else was going to suffer. And I was wondering, I I'm like, maybe that was a blessing and a curse to always feel like the parent and to be yeah. parenting everyone, even a lot of people that I dated. And so I was like, it, it it's a double-edged sword. Cause sometimes I'm like, I just want to burn out. You know, I just want to, yeah. like, who's going to catch me? Who's going to, but then it's been the thing that has kept me from some pretty like self-destructive seasons that yeah. could have been way worse. So I don't know. Did you feel like you ever, like you had people that would catch you or that you could lean on or, you know, I have, um, I've always had really good people in my life. I've always had a great support system. My, my big brother is one of my best friends. He knows everything about me, like to I a fault. That. He knows everything about me. You know, sometimes he's like, please stop telling me yeah, these yeah. things. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to know just in case, you know, context Some, is everything. Yeah, somebody's got to write my autobiography. <laughs> um, but anyway, so is he a big brother, is he a big brother? He is. So I am an, I I'm an only child uh -huh. because I'm 15 years younger than my siblings. Mm -hmm. So I was raised by myself as the baby, as the only child. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, my big brother's kind of the guiding light. When I, I'll, I'll send him an email and I'll be like, I'm about to send this email to my mom. And he's like, why don't we reword it? <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah, me. Yes. He's the you. Aww. And I'm the hot mess sister. Yeah. I'm the funny aunt. Yeah, the funny aunt. Yeah, my, my, funny my baby aunt. sister is yeah. the funny aunt, and she's the one like, but she like has so much clarity and wisdom because she has made some decisions that I'm like, oh my God, Kaylee, why? But then, bro, she always figures stuff out. I was telling her yesterday, she's packing everything up for the third time and coming back to Waco next oh, week. Mm -hmm. Yay. Here, she, here comes Kaylee. And, um, but she, she waits to the last minute, ADHD, shout out. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, but I. And I'm like, Kaylee, but you always figure it out. Like she didn't have insurance because um, she hasn't needed to have insurance. She just stays home with, she's raising a baby and her son. And so she, um, she's like, well, I have to get car insurance because now I'm going to be driving around. I'm, you know, I'm going to be using my car and everything. But she's getting a U-Haul and I'm like, Kaylee, you need insurance to get a U-Haul. She's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And like the day before she's like, yep, I signed up for insurance. And I was like, you didn't face any hiccups. And like, she just mm. always has a calmness knowing that she'll figure it out. Yeah. And I think that is because she has hit rock bottom and she has been in some dark, scary places and she does find a way out of that. And yeah. so I don't know, like being the baby, my ex-husband was the baby of the family. And I think that's why there was such a difference in how we approached like issues or who took responsibility for what. Right. And so I, I had to be, I, I'm learning now getting into relationships to be careful, like to break up with like the overgiving, the like kind of like stealing the opportunity from him to step up. And, you know, so in my future relationships being like, even if there's like 10 things on the to-do list, hope don't just take seven or eight of them because you think they can't handle it it's going to stress them out they're not going to do it right whatever yeah. and let other people take some responsibility so that's that's been the hard thing for me is trust and like letting go of control and perfectionism Ugh. and just like flowing with life because it affects the people around me too yeah but yeah. So um, I have some questions that I ask everyone okay and these are kind of fun um and tell, it shows us a little bit about you, too. Well, first of all, where did you grow up at? Where are you from? So I'm like a central Texan. I'm a Texas girl of through and through. I was born in Temple, lived there for 15 years, 
moved to Austin when I was 16, lived there for 15 years, wow. and then moved here 15 years ago. So yeah. y'all you do the math. I'm a, old. You're in Austin. Like you have Austin vibes. I have an Austin soul, mm -hmm. but I love Waco. I would never yeah. live in Austin again. I, I love it here. And that's why it. I think you, you probably like New Orleans a lot because New Orleans and Austin mm -hmm. give me that same artistic vibe yeah. and like free spirited and yeah. bright and colorful and soulful that's why i love going to austin and visiting and i'm i feel like if it wasn't so expensive and it wasn't so busy like so much traffic and if i didn't have the kids you know austin was the closest place to home like yeah. louisiana so um and then so you had just you and your brother well no i have um five siblings oh, wow. and they're all much older than me and they're all half siblings okay so i i was the Oops, baby. <laughs> You're the I was surprise. The, I was the oops. My mom and dad were having an affair with each other, left their families, and oh. had me. So mm -hmm. you're like the passion baby. Yeah, and and I was hated, and I didn't know why. When I was little, everybody kind of blamed me, you know, because oh they were teenagers. They yeah. didn't understand that there's a baby. Now my dad's leaving. There's a baby. Now my mom's leaving. Mm. Their respective families. And they left their kids oh. with their spouses. Oh. So it really was like, of course they were mad at me. Yeah. You know, and I didn't understand that till I was an adult. Sheesh. And they did, weren't mad at me anymore by that time. But, you know. But you had already carried all that. Would have saved me a lot of therapy. Right. You know, and then I realized they were my best friends. Then I realized they just loved me. They were helping raise me, you know. Mm. So. Gosh, see, and those things, it's like you have to go through, unless you do something like ketamine and like a like a <laughs> clinical setting where it's like boom yeah. so much that happens at one time it does take years, years of experiences and therapy and digging deep and going why the heck am I acting like this and realizing oh it's because I feel hated my whole life I'm, you yeah. know but it's like how do you figure that out unless you go through some so sort of like ayahuasca yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> psychedelic journey, journey yeah. <laughs> guided journey because yeah. like it otherwise you're just peeling up the layers year by year and some people it hurts so bad to do that that they never do it right they oh never dig into it dude my boyfriend mm -hmm. will not dig into that vault upstairs mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. he will not dig into the vault Gosh. you know and I'm like and when he does he gets a little bit of relief but he shuts it right back off but yeah. he's been trained to do that his whole life that, you know? like, that makes a big difference yeah uh, yep because I was talking to my kids uh, often where I'm like hey your parents were raised very differently like I was raised where emotions were just uh, weaponized also like yeah. it was violent it was aggressive it was but also Cajuns um you know, aside from what happened in the home, our culture was just to be very open and transparent and let it all hang out and no shame and <laughs> little discretion. So I'm used to, you know, expressing everything. And so I have to be careful and rein it in sometimes. And then their dad was like total opposite culture. And it was even, he was even in uh, the police academy in Singapore for two years where he was like almost like military. And so I was like, he had a lot of programming in a very different way. And so yeah. We just, you know, I, I'm always pushing him to um, open up and, and do things like that. And then I'm always like trying to be careful about how I approach him about topics about our kids, knowing how it that can be triggering for him, too. So it's incredible to see, like, even at 43 years old, how his upbringing affected his access to his emotions. So I, I just suggested this morning, I was like, hey, what about uh, ketamine? You know, it'll, it'll heal you from some traumas. And I, I've heard wonderful things. And so I was like, it's crazy to, to suggest that to someone, you know, recovering from addiction. But a lot of our addictions are rooted in traumas. All of them are. So, I mean, it yeah. goes back scientifically. scientifically. I mean, they, they've just shown that it is all rooted back to trauma, you know. Mm. And it's crazy because um, so I have a friend who um, lives in Colorado and she she just recently took a job at a ketamine clinic. Mm. And she took the job because her best friend's husband was on the verge of suicide and not a drug addict, not an alcoholic. So where do you send him? Three days? Three Gosh. days to DePaul? 
Right. And she couldn't find anywhere to take him. And so somebody suggested ketamine and they were at like such a point where they would try anything. Mm. He's, they said they went in for one treatment and came out and didn't want to commit suicide anymore. Mm. Went in for a second treat because you go for like three days in yeah. a row. Yeah. And like by the third day, he was just fine. Yeah. I mean, it like reset him. And reset. Like, Sign me up. <laughs> right. It is like a reset because you start off with a clean slate whenever you unprogram all those narratives. It's like they say trauma isn't just what we experience. It's the narrative that we tell ourselves in yeah. that experience because you can have two different children who live the same, same childhood yep. and they interpreted it two different ways. And for one, it was something was traumatic for one. It, and so it really is the narratives and the stories that our younger selves internalize. And so you go back to that and right. maybe as an adult with your inner child saying like, Hey, what, what if this was actually something, it wasn't that you did anything wrong or that you deserved it or they hated or whatever it is, the narrative that we unravel, but it's incredible to see people get healed like that. Yeah. I'm like, thank, thank God for the, the, plant medicines and everything we can Amen. get from the world totally science and that universe has provided i know i think now where i'm at in spirituality is like science and spirituality are like one in the same they're like how can totally. we look at the creation of fascinating things that we have and be like the god is separate from science like yeah, what no. <laughs> this nope. is magic it's literal like yeah i look at the periodic table of elements and i'm like that's like magician stuff an alchemist turning metals like changing metals and stuff i was like that's yeah. Yeah. So spirituality and science and all that, like for me, go hand in hand. I'm like, I feel more in touch with God than I ever did. Because me too. I'm not, it's all integrated. Yes. It's not compartmentalized. Yeah. So it's not a building I go to on Sunday mornings anymore. Right? It's just a lifestyle that I live. <laughs> uh, love it. So tell us about um, a breakup of any sort that was a turning point in your life, romantic, family, friend, job, academic, all, anything. Um, and it was like a major turning point in your life. Literally every breakup that I've had has been a major turning point in my life because I'm, I'm a sticker arounder. Mm -hmm. Like I don't break up with things. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a possessor of people. I'm a possessor of things. I want my, I want my creature comforts. And so if I let something go, it's a huge deal to me. Mm -hmm. I have learned in the last few years since the whole COVID thing that letting go of things is much, e letting go of people is easier for me. Letting go of things is easier for me. Letting go of opportunities is easier for me. Um, just because we had to let go of so much in the last three years. So true. You know, so it's gotten easier and I'm able to walk through things like that with more grace now, more grace for myself. Um, but I think, you know, like in 2000, I guess a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, I left my first abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. I'd never been in an abusive relationship before. I had actually judged women mm -hmm. who had been in abusive mm -hmm. relationships because I did not understand why they wouldn't just leave. Yeah. Why not pack your shit and go? Right. He hits you. He's right. going to do that again. Right. It, 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 I know he said he was sorry, but he's not. Yeah. You know, and then I got into an abusive relationship. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> turns out it's not just for stupid girls right <laughs> <laughs> or i'm a stupid girl what are they no, i haven't no. figured that out yet no it's um, so psychological it's it was the craziest and and i and i, I blame myself not for the abuse but right. i i went into the um the relationship with 
ill intention, not ill intention. Mm-hmm. I had the best of intentions, yep. but they were wrong because I wanted to change somebody else. Right. His, right. his wife had just committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. And because I got to that point with him too. Right. So I, you could I, empathize with. Right. I, I, there feelings. was a point where I was sitting in the closet going and you're like, oh, now I get it. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. You know, Gosh. and I had had grief for a person I had never met, you know, like I had found, went through her clothes one time and smelled her for, the, it was just this crazy, Gosh. it was such a psychological mindfuck. Yeah. And, oh, I right. said the F word. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so one morning, uh, he got up, we got in a fight in the front yard, um, and it was all recorded on video. Oh, no. So I couldn't say that I had fallen in the bathtub mm-hmm. or that I had hit the side cabinet or that I had walked into some, I couldn't say that it Mm. was on video. Right. And, um, I had just gotten back to where I was hanging out with people in Waco again. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, he left and I took his credit card Mm -hmm. (laughs) and went and got a Mm U-Haul and paid for an Airbnb for a week Mm -hmm. and, and packed all my stuff and never spoke to him again until, we had just gotten married mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and the next time I spoke to him was the day that we annulled our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was 10 days and $1,000 in case anybody needs to know how to do it. Just hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> but Summer it, can help you out. Yeah. It was this um, huge sh- mind shift for me because I had coming out of an abusive relationship is super messy. Mm. It's really ugly. It's really, really ugly. And I had always judged people right for the way that they acted mm-hmm. whenever they got out of a bad relationship mm-hmm. and then here I was acting like that yeah and a lot of people went away mm. a lot of people went away because they don't know how to handle you no. they just don't know what to do and neither did I I didn't know how to handle me either you right. know um so that was a huge pivotal turning point for me um because I've, I had just never really dealt with my own mental health I, I would go to see a therapist one time a year for six sessions. It was oh. a thing that I did and I would just go in, make sure, check in that I was doing things right. I'd go for six sessions, six in a row for six weeks every year. Wow. Um, and that was methodical for me. It yeah. was this like goal. Yeah. It wasn't real therapy. Wow. It was never real therapy. That's fascinating. Yeah. It was wild. So then I started going to real therapy and yeah. EMDR and all of that. And that's ugly. Mm. EMDR doesn't feel good. Yeah. I mean, it was a miracle. Right. It was wonderful what it did for me. Mm-hmm. But in um, the process, it doesn't feel comfortable at it all. It was painful. Mm-hmm. It was painful. You like, know, so. Worth it. Totally worth it. Because today I have more self-confidence, you know. I heard you say this mm. was studies show that confidence is the sexiest thing yeah, about a person. attractive thing about a person. Yeah, and it's crazy because when I was in that abusive relationship, I had zero confidence. Mm-hmm. I looked the best I had ever looked. That's crazy. I had, you know, my extensions in all the time. My nails were always done. My lashes always looked great. Always skinny, in mm-hmm. good clothes, working out, um, and had zero confidence. Isn't that wild? None. That's none. Crazy. None. You know, so mm. now I just walk out of that and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of a badass that I made it through that. Yeah. And now I look at other girls that have made it out of abusive relationships. Like, She's kind of a badass. Yeah. You know, like, that's tough. It was Gosh. hard to do. It is, especially because, you know, we know that like 75% of women who are killed in abusive relationships, it happens after they mm-hmm. try to leave. Yeah. So we need to create more infrastructure to have help women and anyone in abusive relationships escape safely. Yeah. We like safe escape plans and stuff and to stop turning a blind eye to like when you know that your homie is being abusive to his girl.
girl hold him accountable when you know your son is being abusive or your daughter is being abusive to their partner because it happens a lot in the queer community too so when you know that anyone around you is being abusive to their part hold them accountable say man what is going on with you you need some help like Thank we you. can't rely on the police and wait until after the crime has been committed and then feel bad because we never said anything or did anything and stop enabling people i feel like the only way that a most sexual assault and most abuse is going to stop is if we start holding people accountable around us can you imagine if your buddy set you down and was like dude did you hit your wife yesterday right we're like, gonna whoop your ass yeah it's time, yeah <laughs> dude, and exactly, hit on somebody hit on me that's exactly how it should go down yep. and and one of the things that hurt me the most mm -hmm. is that some of the people that came and helped me get out of the house that day mm -hmm. remained friends with him <sighs> It's like this cognitive dissonance. Like they watched the video. They watched the video Ugh. of him hit me. And they were, they were on the golf course the next week. Because they're you know? so comfortable in their life with that person and what that person provides, even if it's it's so selfish and self-centered, they have to be willing to lose a friendship and let something go because that's stand on your morals, stand on your ethics, stand on your freaking character right. and be like, bro, I can't be friends with you until you get some help. Right. Then instead of just like acting like nothing happened. Oh, that's your private business. No, it's not. I don't, <laughs> how I can't understand being friends with someone who behaves that way because they're an extension of me. Like I, that's me condoning your behavior totally so but it's that cognitive dissonance that i think we almost in the south learn from church and from being polite and being like minding your business or whatever is like we have been programmed to only you know see people like room there in front of us how they behave right in front of us and then it's like even if it happens in front of you you're just like taught to just like forgive and forget yeah and have an amnesia uh -huh. and mm -hmm. like no like no. help people get better yeah and hold your community account like they're I don't, I don't, it's like an over-reliance on the justice system that is so broken. And like, you know, the, the consequence, like you can't rely on natural consequences for, I'm not going to step in, you know, they'll, they'll have their own consequences in a system that is built to benefit men over women, white people over black people, straight people over queer people, like Christians over Muslims. Like you can't rely on natural consequences in this lopsided field that we're playing right. on. So you got to step in and do your part and, um, Say something. Yeah. At least freaking say something. Listen, and when my friends are acting egregious, mm -hmm. I tell them they're acting egregious. Yes. I'm like, homie, <laughs> yeah. what did you think? What you know, you like, yeah, like, how did you think this was going to turn out? And like, I'm not going to be a participant. Yep. I'm not going to go on your boat with you when you're bringing your mistress. Yeah. Just yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be your mistress if your wife doesn't know. Yeah. You it's, know? I mean, that's like <laughs> for... I might yep. be your mistress, but you got to tell your wife. Yeah. <laughs> then I think that there's another word for that. I don't think that's a mistress if they know about it. <laughs> um, I mean, it happens. It's It works for some people, man. That's what it's like. Be honest and do like be honest. Honesty you, is a, yeah. In the relationships, it's like express what you need. And if you're in a relationship where those needs can't be met, then stop like, like be honest and go your separate ways amicably. It's the whole idea of honestly, when we, the breakup baddie. The reason why I chose to name my life coaching the breakup baddie to focus on the idea of breakups and, and re like reclaiming that is because people are so we're so programmed to see breakups as bad that when they see they need to break up or they see that they need a divorce or they need to break up with their business partner or whatever, they only know it in a negative sense. And so they wait till it gets really bad. And then it is it is a blow up. It is messy. 
or they see it as they failed or they see it as, you know, someone's feelings get hurt. Instead of like if we had been programmed to see breakups as like a transition, like everything has its ending, just like life, just like we don't know how to deal with death and loss and grief in this country either. Um, because we, everything that ends or everything that transitions, like it's just we always are looking just um, like acquiring things like relationships and stuff and not the release of letting things go. And so I see that when people are so afraid to break up amicably and and because you both need it or just be on it, it's avoidance of breakups. So much ugly stuff is like, cause people can't let go when they just see it's going wrong or it's not meeting your needs. Just move, but let each other move on and, and, and the kids will be okay and you'll be best friend or whatever you need to do. But people hold on too long. And that's why we repeat this idea where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Breakups are going to be messy and ugly and hurtful because you didn't do it earlier on. Right. Know? And so I thankfully raised in Cajun culture, I had seen a lot of it's just like we were so aware that life was short and that like joie de vie was like a joy of like we wanted to be happy and just like celebrating life and like it, you would be fighting with your family like yelling whatever but before we leave love you bye yeah. love you good night <laughs> like you always say i love you you always let that person like beyond any fight my ex-husband was like shook when he first met my family because he's like y'all are like yelling at each other but then you like hug each other and say I love you because neither of which his family you know would do was like the expressing emotions and the like expressing affection and um but I grew up realizing that like we saw divorced families have barbecues together like stepdad stepmom kids and they did it for the kids or they did it because yo life is short let's just let's kick back and like I loved you we're yes, still friends we're still friends and like my new husband knows where there's nothing between us. Like no one was insecure about it. And they just saw each other's friend because we had to work together. Cause I think a lot of us, because they were an immigrant population, a lot of us were like generationally poor. And so you realize how much you need your aunts, uncles, your exes, your everybody like in the family, we just need each other. And so you need someone to go help pick up the kids or like you're the, the new stepmama. I mean, she might be your new best friend. That's right. Your husband's <laughs> new wife because y'all might go shopping again. Like, I don't know. And and that's how I, when I approached Nas about divorce, that was my mind frame. I was like, hey, this doesn't have to be. A, so I've seen it. I've seen it before where it is more like it's just peaceful and it's going to hurt, but whatever. And so, you know, we at first like that was, but it, it was having to help him come to see that like this doesn't have to be shame, blame, blah, 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 because he was not raised like that. And so I feel like eventually, like five years down the road, we're finally getting down to the place where I'm like, we can talk honestly, we can air grievances, we can be what real friends are. And it's not just smile and act like you're okay and then be angry. Like right. we can. So I feel like we're right now building something that wasn't even established earlier on you know before yeah. our kids came along it's yeah. like a real honest adult like uh relationship but anyway that being said breakups are i'm trying to i'm trying to reclaim that yeah you know, for something <laughs> good um so how did you navigate well i don't know are you are you in a new relationship now I am in a new relationship. So, now. how did you navigate the challenges of dating and relationships after a breakup without carrying emotional baggage from past experiences? Without carrying, a, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm still working what? through that. <laughs> we started dating very shortly after I left my husband, mm -hmm. probably six weeks mm -hmm. after I had broke up with him. And fortunately, the guy that I'm dating right now has just kind of always been 
the guy, the like rebound guy, mm-hmm, like because mm-hmm. you know he's never been in real big relationship or long term relationships. He's just always kind of been in these throw offs, and he dealt with crazy women. Mm-hmm. It, one time I was like, "You really do like crazy women?" He's like, "No, babe, crazy women like me." <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's been a weird and difficult thing because he's never been in a long term relationship, and I've never been in a short term relationship. Mm. So it's been this thing where I'm like grasping onto him, right. like, "Hey, buddy, you're sticking around no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. like we're gonna do, we're gonna make it through this." And yeah. we've probably broken up 17 times yeah. and you know broken up got back together broken up got back together um we're in a really 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 good place right now but yeah. that's because we went through a year of just like it was hard and yeah. it was me a lot of it was me and I what I have learned uh, we talk about mindset earlier mm-hmm. is that when I think that he's mad I make him mad. it doesn't mm-hmm. I, I he's not really mad right but in my head I've created that he is upset and so I will Get, get onto this thought of he's upset with me and I'll make it bigger and I'll make it bigger and I'll make it bigger. And by the time we talk, I'm like, ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to fight because I know you're mad at me. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, so what I have, what I've decided to do, I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, but she talks a lot about a manifestation and yeah. the vortex and that we're all, and, and being on a high flying disc. And so I, I realized that when I wake up and the first thing that I tell myself is good things about me. And then good things about the people who love me, mm-hmm. you know, like my work wife loves me and she's going to be so happy to see me today, Aww. you know, um, and my, uh, and, and, and my boyfriend, I'm not going to say his name because yeah. I don't want to release his information, yeah. but my boyfriend, um, loves me and he proved that by last night texting me before he went to sleep, you know, yeah. like I just remind myself of the good That's thing. I even so started good. carrying around. I love that. I'm starting oh. carrying around all the book where I can put positive thoughts in it so that when I do get in that weird yes. mindset, I can just open up my book because according to science, mm-hmm. you have 17 seconds before a thought becomes, it like, becomes a roller coaster right. before it gathers onto it. So your neuronapsis, your yeah. neuroses or whatever they're called are these little wires in your brain that mm-hmm. cause thought. Well, they attach to another one at 17 seconds. Oh, wow. Which doesn't double the thought. It quadruples the thought. Oh, gosh. So then those neurosepies have 17 more seconds, and then they quadruple. Sheesh. And then they. So it's literally like a snowball effect. So if you can get in there in that first little 17 seconds and be like, no, no, yeah. I'm not accepting that. Yeah. And change your mind, you literally can just change the way the world you're interacting with the world because if you're on a high flying disc mm-hmm. and you're in this joy disc, mm-hmm. people that are not on that joy disc can't hop on with you. Oh, They'll get flung that. right off. I love that. Yeah, I can I can see that. It's like, and even just like visually, it's mm-hmm. true. Like people can't. They're not vibrating on your frequency. They're not. They can't stay there. That's right. That's right. I, I have literally seen somebody flung off my disc before, like coming towards me, yeah, like at a carnival and just literally like. turning around and walking away and I was like I don't know what just happened like they were ready to come confront me and then got within my your aura and just I mean turned around flung off my disc that's crazy wild I love it yeah it's magical it is magical I love I love I see I'm learning to see because I'm a seven on the Enneagram I love sevens and sevens you know we we accumulate experiences and positive Mm -hmm. things and we chase positive experiences and and everything else like that so just learning to see the beauty in the everyday like the mundane and learning to see where it's already like like magical things are already happening I don't have to go chase unicorns and try to you know find it like stuff like that I'm like wow that I like to sit with it and let it sink in like 
how cool is it that we can interrupt those thought patterns yeah. and redirect our whole mood? I learned that with cognitive behavioral therapy, but I never realized like this, the, the swiftness that you need to do it within. I mean, it makes sense because I will notice some an anxiety, like that old anxious feeling rises up. And immediately I tell myself, like, you're safe. Nothing's going wrong. Nothing's going. Nothing today has happened. Nope. Nothing. And I'm like. It's crazy because it, it's more physical. It's like something that I am not even aware. I could be driving and maybe I'll see like a tree or something that cognitive, like uh, my conscious self doesn't even know, but perhaps my old childhood, something triggers something and I get an anxious feeling in my body. And normally that would have like something's wrong. Am I forgetting something? Some and then you'll create it where, oh, well, so-and-so, yeah, they were mad at me yesterday. Like you'll find a, a thing to confirm the yep. feeling that's already in your body. You're like, oh yeah, that's why I'm feeling this way. I start connecting dots that aren't even yeah. there. <laughs> I will be like, well, do you remember on March 17th, uh -huh. this thing happened? And then it was in direct correlation to this thing that happened last Tuesday. Mm. And it was because of this thing that mm. was in July. That you know? used to drive my, my ex-husband crazy. I was like, we would talk about something. And, and then I'm connecting it to like a pattern. Right. And because I'm like, well, let's deal with it because it's a pattern. He's like, he's wanting to just talk about the thing right now. And yeah. I'm like, but I want to talk about how it's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Dang. dang. It does become, you know, there's a balance. Um, Cause like you want to see whenever something's like a recurring issue, but then you don't want to make people feel overwhelmed. Like shit, you're still holding on to, I'm like, I'm not bitter. I just wanted you to know, like, this isn't something I really wanted us to always get to the root of everything. Cause yeah. that was my way of avoiding pain. Um, his was actual avoidance. Mine was let's fix it so that we don't have to feel this all over again. Yeah. So sevens and nines love like he's a nine. I'm a seven. And because we just want to not be unhappy, we want to not feel uncomfortable right. things. So I'm like, let's just be like, we would love to host people at our house. Like when you guys came over yeah. and we loved hosting and we, he loved cooking and we just that, you know, but then when you introduce the stressors of life, you have to have a way to function in distress. And me and him, it was like, once we were in crisis, you know, whenever he was almost deported, but we were fighting together against another like right. DHS. Yeah. But then whenever it became like whenever we had children and then you are both sleep deprived and it just highlights all the weak points in your connection, like the lack of intimacy or lack of like uh, uh, there, there were unmet needs. Um, especially that I have had and you know, it was hard to get him to vocalize his, but I had some very unmet needs. And so I, whenever you, you you put the fire under you and like the chicken starts to boil and all the white crap comes to the top like all the shit comes to the top and like finally i was like voicing some things and because we had never done like practice with like it's okay if someone isn't 100% happy with you all the time it's okay right. if like cuz i literally was like i'm unhappy but i didn't mean i'm leaving but the way he had, because we both had never had that kind of relationship with anyone um, that honest, like, I'm going to stay, even though it's uncomfortable, I'm unhappy or whatever. I'm going to stay. That was me saying, I want to work it out. Yeah. Um, but for him, he was like, I failed. And like, he withdrew and he like, he would, he would still try, but like his heart and his, you know, so then it became like, we were playing both with like a half of a dick, you know, it just like, it, it couldn't move forward beyond that point because we had such deeply rooted messaging in our head that, Oh, once she's unhappy, she's going to leave. Mm -hmm. Like it's inevitable. She it's going to, and then you fulfill like it's a self fulfilling fulfill prophecy mm -hmm. and so because what yeah. do you think you become you exactly. know like you, what you believe about yourself is absolutely the truth yeah whatever you believe about yourself is, is absolutely the truth mm -hmm. you have to start believing good things about yourself and it's sometimes it's as little as you know when i first um when i first like got sober in 2013 like mm -hmm. it was a big that was a big long bout of sobriety for yeah. me and 
um, it, those days it would be like, I have a place to live. I have money. Mm-hmm. I have a job. And it would be the just basic things that I would have to remind myself I'm safe. I'm okay. Yeah. I've got, you know, and now it's these really cool things that I get to think about, you know, like um, when I get to think about how easily I can change my mindset, I get to think about the beautiful friendships that I've created. I get to think about, you know, the uh, work that I'm doing on myself. And so it's more of these existential things yeah. that are, that feel deeper mm-hmm. than the surface things of I have a roof over my head. While those are the most important and you have to have those in place to think existentially say that girl it's such a pain in my ass whenever in the in the spiritual world whenever I'm like watching all these gurus and people talking where there's like an absence like a lack of awareness about um the fact that how how do you focus on the existential things whenever you don't have a roof over your head, you don't have a job, you don't have a way to feed your kids and like going back to systemic injustices. And it's like, it's hard for me to balance like being this super spiritual person, high minded. And, and then I, I still, there was an, I was doing an abundance mindset meditation before I came in here. And she said the one thing, and I noticed myself stop before I repeated it. She's like, I believe abundance is accessible to everyone. And I was like, do I believe I, I don't like an emote, maybe a spiritual abundance, uh, like right. an abundant heart. But yeah. do I believe because it was a financial abundance uh, meditation. And I was like, there's something there in me where I can't say that. I don't believe that it's accessible to everyone. Um, I don't like, cause I've just seen it so deeply rooted. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate that you're like, Hey, I started thinking these existential things because now I have a roof over my head. Right. But sometimes we, when we're grateful, if you're practicing gratitude, if you have nothing else to be grateful for your health or yeah, just your anything. eyesight, you woke up or, today, even yeah. if, uh, even if you feel like crap, just at least you're alive, you yeah. know, or yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Eyesight, I can still see, I may yeah. not have a leg, but I can still see. Yeah. Cause some people are like, I don't, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to be happy for waking up. I'd rather not wake up. I'm like, okay, well at least when you woke up, you had use of your legs or like when yeah. you woke up, you had eyesight. Cause like your life would have been harder without that. So yeah. it's like finding there is always something. And that's what I had to reprogram myself lately is like, cause a lot of things have been crumbling, but that's usually a time of good tra- like transition. And I know that, but I've had to be like, I have my physical health. Yeah. I have my, uh, my arms. Like yeah. there are days when legit, that was how I built up my gratitude was like, my kids today are healthy. Like yeah. my kids aren't sick right now. Right. So thank God for that. Cause well, that'll drain you. I, I, I listened to a podcast of this on an interview with a girl who was in North Korea. And if mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on in North Korea, um, unless you have a strong stomach, don't, don't yeah. even oh, look into it cause it will consume your thoughts. Yeah. Um, but she was talking about, I mean, they're like literally living in, 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 despair over yeah. they're eating bodies off the street it, they're goodness. eating rats you know My like it's just a bad situation yeah. and the podcaster said well were you in love over there and she said baby love is a concept not a need mm. it's a thing it's a it's a thing you don't have to have to survive she was like i would have eaten my little sister if she had died yeah i would have because i don't i don't have a feeling of love towards her she just something else that's taking resources from me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was literally a, it's a dog eat dog world over yeah. there right now. You go down to primal yeah. animalistic. Yep. There's instincts. no love. There's no, cause like, how do you survive? If there's you, no sadness, there's yeah. no anger. You're just trying to eat, yeah. trying to stay alive. Yeah. You know, Jeez. it's like a really sad, what's oh going on goodness. over there. It's just, 
you know, and we can't get in and they can't get out and whatever. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad that you gave me a warning because I am that kind of person that it will. You'll rabbit hole. Me. Yeah, yeah. You'll rabbit hole. And I will be it. useless to everyone. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. on the community, I, I at least like know that I'm doing things on the community level. Right. That, like, within my nervous system can handle. I, I even had to t- taper that back too. Um, because it got to the point where I was, I was exposing myself to too much and empaths like me, uh-huh. it, it will do you in. It will like, and, and then you're like, well, how am I helping anyone even on the local level if I'm crying on my kitchen floor because of the kids? Like the first time I ever saw the bombings in like Syria years ago was my first ever panic attack. I'd never had a panic attack before. And I saw a photo and because I'm an empath, I was like, that's my daughter. That's my husband, like in the right. rubble. And all of a sudden I'm there and I'm feeling and bro lost it, like <gasps> couldn't breathe. And I was like, I didn't know because I never had a panic attack before. I didn't know what was happening to me. And, yeah. and Nas was like, um just breathe like i don't i don't know what's going on i was like we need to leave this country i hate it like he was like okay let's go we got to get passports for the kids and, yeah. like, he was like, and then so once it brought me down to reality of like okay i have to go take my kids to take a passport photo because i was like let's go to singapore let's get the hell out of here um because i just didn't want anything to do with anything like american money going into these countries right. like, like i because i feel like your friends and everything else are an attachment like an extension of you i felt like being here i was like i don't want to be someone from the u.s like i don't want it that's not what i want to see happening and so um i was like let's go and but it was good because it grounded me when i was like okay i have to go take passport photos get it pack our bags and i was like okay we're here you know and i was yeah. like i don't I, how do i think that it, we're gonna get any better if i leave if everyone leaves everyone with right. a good heart leaves and runs away um long term then who's gonna be left to try right. to get a better place and so i'm pretty committed to running for texas um senate or governor at Good. some point Yay. when the kids are older thank you i was like I, i'm that's the only way i get through my grief these days when my kids tell me shitty things about what's happening in schools or like they get 10 minutes of recess and i'm like that's so bad for your nerve like you need to run around and play yeah I'm you like, need 10 hours of recess yes i'm like <laughs> do I'm, math out there <laughs> right girl Add there's them so trees many, together <laughs> gosh there's so many things that we could be different but i was like I, t- I explained to my kids i'm like there are policymakers who decide this whole thing for you and they never a lot of them haven't even stepped foot in a classroom as a teacher and they're making your rules and I said this is why mommy is eventually going to be in politics because I can't see you guys suffer like this and not do something about it so my kids understand they don't have like a resentment like why is mom always chasing her career why because they have always understood the deeper meaning behind every career choice I've made good and so they are super tapped into like social things and our responsibility in it but we also talk a lot about self-care and emotions and yeah. protecting your, your your energy and everything. So those are my little homies. I love them. Well, and I think to that point, like one of the things that I've really had to learn to do is get in where I fit in mm. instead of, you know, I always thought, well, the grand vision is this. You yeah. know, like I started a juice bar because the grand vision was to put McDonald's out of business. Whoa. Right? I hate McDonald's. Yeah, I hate it. Same. So the grand vision is to put McDonald's out of business, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, Summer, Summer Shine's not doing that. But right. what I could do is start a little juice bar here in this community where people could have access to healthy food instead of just having access to McDonald's. Yeah. You know, and it's what I could do. And I've really had to like 
learn how to, here's what I want happening. I want this big world vision to happen. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I can do to evoke change in Mm -hmm. that is this. And if everyone did one small part, it's like people, they're like, hope I can't get you. You do all the things and you're, I can't be like you. I was like, I never want you to be like me. I want you to do in your small circle and your job. Right. If you can just speak up when you see racism, if you can speak up when you see misogyny in just your little circle, your church or wherever you're at, do your little thing. Don't, you don't have to be a hope. You don't have to go try to be governor. Right. Okay. If every single person effect worked for positive change in their little realm, this entire world would be different. Totally. Everyone, everything. Totally. But people think I can't do anything because they can't do do the big vision. Yeah. Yeah. World vision. And people say the same thing to me. And I'm like, it's exhausting being me. God gave me a special gift. God gave me a voice. God gave me the strength to do the, Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. And he did not give everyone that. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. But he did give everyone a voice and he did give everyone a thought pattern and you can stand up for things just at the table right next to you. Yeah. You know, like it's that spirit of comparison. It's just like, they think if they can't be like you or yeah. they can't carry it all, then they're like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. My little small part. I, I don't And I don't know how to help people, how to change that. That's why I love community organizing because I think in collective organizing, once you get into it and you see you, like we accomplished an impossible feat in bringing Nas home from, you know, his, his almost deportation in 2011, and all the people that were involved in that, it's like we saw that our little ragtag group from Waco, Texas, the the things we did, our T-shirts and talking to the news and writing a letter to ICE and then writing, we saw that we won what like even Kent McKeever said, like immigration attorneys are like, that was an impossible case. We still don't know how the heck y'all want it. And it was like, once you see the impact of like a community getting together That's and right. doing an impossible thing, That's right. you get addicted to it because then you're like, Oh, collective organized. This is how we change the world. It's yeah. together. Like yep. with voting, people are like my one vote doesn't count. And I was like, you have to trust that when you all are voting, it does matter. Like when they're like, well, what's my, I'm like, do you know, Dr. Peaches Henry lost our last school board election by three votes. And the difference that she could have made on the school board right now, I'm like three, three people. I can name three people on my street that didn't vote. Yeah. And I'm like, cause I asked them afterwards and I was like, we lost by three votes. And you, if you, if you feel overwhelmed, I'll just say this to people who are listening. If you feel overwhelmed by federal policy, by the big presidential elections, you're like, I don't care because it's the electoral college, blah, blah, blah. Get involved locally. Vote like your city council. Get to know who's running. They have little bios. You can Google their, you know, their, their LinkedIn City council and school board are like the closest thing to you. And they have such a huge impact on your quality of life, your children, your neighbor's children. Even if you think, why am I paying school taxes for schools? It does. I don't have kids in schools. Those kids who are coming out of the district are like your neighbors, the people working at the restaurants and the boutiques and who you want to hire. And they're going to be your caretakers. They're your caretakers. They're they're, they're going to be running all of the things in Waco. And so like you need to care about us giving a high quality education or housing, affordable housing or drug treatment or the things that you think don't affect you. They do affect you. Right. And I found the thing that affected me Mm -hmm. and I made change in that area. You know what I mean? Because it affects... Like you, because I have personal so many other experience people. with it. Yeah, I have personal experience with it, so I could speak into it. It was just like I, I never felt useful to women in abusive relationships because I was judging the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do feel useful because I'm like, oh, baby, you're just a hot mess because you just have an abusive relationship. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I get it now. So now you've been it there. is a place that I can serve. You know, yeah, just find your find your thing. Everyone yeah. has an experience they've lived if they lost a parent when they were young, if they have had um, a, an illness like cancer or something that they battled when they were young, if they 
um, you were an athlete who got injured and now you can't play anymore and you deal with that grief because your right. college dreams were killed. Um, there is always a story that we each have of something love lost or a career or something. Even if you're like, Hey, I started young and I became, I started my first business at 18 and was successful. Cool. Teach other people. Like everyone right. has a think a thing that they can pass on to others for positive change. And so that's, that's my, my PSA Agreed. for today. But it. what is one memory that you have that you will like you, if you had to pick one memory that you would never lose forever, that you want to hold on to forever. It was like the best memory and you hope that you never forget it. Oh, <laughs> that's so hard because um i i feel life with adventure my boyfriend's a seven mm -hmm. which is great for me because i'm an adventurer <laughs> i like adventures yeah mm -hmm. i like adventure i told him yesterday i said i like to take risk as long as the risk the consequence of the risk is not something that i feel deeply about you know like mm -hmm. i'm willing to take this risk but not if it's a risk of our relationship right you know right. so um god that's so hard you know uh one time I you know the first time you fall in love with your yeah, kid yeah. when the first time you hold your child and and you're in love when they're in your belly first kid you're in love you start to feel these emotions mm -hmm. you're like there's a little human in me but the first time that you actually like mm -hmm. smell the top of their head and see their little toes you're just crying like that moment yeah um it was like it goes from being like literally the most physical pain i'd ever been in in my life mm -hmm. to the stark opposite of the most i'd i'd never felt in love before mm. i had never been in love before and it was like so it was like all this physical pain and then all of a sudden this my heart was just exploding yes. into you know and my favorite noise is the noise of my that my son makes when he laughs he has like the coolest i think the <laughs> funnest laugh and so i has got a distinctive laugh and anytime i hear it it makes my heart pitter patter oh. but i think falling in love is a is, is feelings you never do you remember have you ever seen the movie the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind <sighs> my memory's bad i don't think i have you have to see it okay. you have to see it because it is about this doctor that erases memory so if you lose your dog mm -hmm. they'll erase the whole memory of your dog uh-huh um if you lose a boyfriend they'll erase the whole memory oh, of the boyfriend wow. well there's this one scene jim carrey's in it he's a serious yeah. actor in it. he's not a comedian at all and there's this one scene where he's like he's trying to erase his girlfriend and they're laying in bed. So you have to go into the memory and then they erase the memory. Wow. Right? It's this process that you go through Oof. in this movie. It's, it is deeply emotional. <laughs> I mean, it is gut-wrenching. Yeah. And um, so there's this one scene and they're laying in bed together. Well, that, it has to be erased. Mm. That memory has to be erased. And so they're filtering through all these, you know, the fights that they erase. And he's like, yeah, I want to be rid of that fight. Yeah. Well, then they're laying in bed and it's this beautiful memory. And she starts to slide underneath the covers because the memory is being erased. Uh -huh. And he starts, I'm going to cry. <laughs> he starts grabbing the sheets and going, not this one, not this one, not this one. <laughs> I love that. Because even in like the crappiest relationships, yeah. there's always this moment where it was just connection. Yeah. yeah, connection with another person. And so those are the things that I would hate to lose. I would right. hate to lose the memory of the time I fell in love with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Gosh. Yeah, that feeling where it's spiritual. It's like heaven meets earth where you realize that we were meant for so much more and it all makes sense. Yeah. You know, like yes. in that moment it does the and, pain. And makes that sense. person's going to cause you pain no matter what, Yes, you know, like no matter what you're going to be hurt. Nobody hurts me worse than my son. Right. Nobody hurts me because worse than my son. you love him so deeply. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. I so I cry every time I talk about that scene because yeah. it's one of those things like, 
I hate my dad. You know, I hated my dad. He was yeah. super abusive and terrible, but I would never, ever, ever want to lose the memory of the time that we were at Six Flags and he put me on his shoulders to see something I want to, you know, like mm. I don't want to lose those memories. Mm-hmm. I just want to lose the memories where he's a total asshole. But <laughs> right. they couldn't be. If only we, get a, <laughs> we would get a choice. Right. Yeah. Can you just take the shitty memories? God, I know, but it's a, such a contrast. And I think because you went through so much with him that that good moment with him was so much more profound. Yeah. And it was a little thing that I see people doing all the time with their mm-hmm. kids, you know? That's <laughs> insane. Like the one positive memory I have of my mother is she took me to Six Flags with Girl Scouts. And I remember getting out of the car. We were in a different state, which we had never traveled. And so I think we we're in like San Antonio or somewhere in Texas. And we we're at Six Flags. And it was just like me feeling so worthy because like for my mom to take off of work or like I knew money was being spent on this trip. I was like eight or something. But I had an awareness of like what this trip meant for her. Um as far as like what it cost and I just felt like so special and I felt like my mom was doing this just with me and because I think by that time my younger siblings had been born and so I don't know I still remember we took a picture together in the photo booth and coming home though was hard because it was like back to reality back to like a full house lots of stress and problems and everything but yeah I think that because my biggest wound that I've had to heal over the past few years has been my mother wound and so I remember recently that memory from Six Flags was like brought back and I was like oh my god I didn't remember we went yeah but yeah I was a Girl Scout for like 12 years my mom worked at the Girl Scout Council and so that there was a lot of things by proxy like my mom put us in a lot of extracurricular things or my mom, like there's things that she provided that gave me a really enriching childhood and like well-rounded, but then like the relationship part of it, I was like, dang woman. Yeah. I was like, but now I can look back and be like, you know, like you don't just because you forgive someone or you've healed or whatever, you still have to be careful about like what access you allow them in your life because they, mm-hmm. it can mess up your day to day, like energy. It can mess up totally. your mood. Yeah. You I don't, know? I choose not to speak to my mom right now. Yeah. You know, and she's even reached out and tried to speak to me and I said, my mental health is the best it's ever been. And it's yeah. because I'm not letting things in that would disrupt that right yeah. now. And right now my, my mental health is not stable enough to reject yeah to reject the negativity that she yes. brings to me. Yes. Maybe someday it will. Maybe I can have a relationship with my mom again someday, but right now I cannot. Same, same. I, I feel like I'm gro- like I have to, there's some things that, cause I'm just now healing those parts that like once I get maybe a little bit stronger and able to like where the negativity will bounce off yeah. instead of I'm like. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm, just I'm not still there. your especially daughter. With that, especially with the mom thing. Cause yeah. that's a hard one. Cause you're still the daughter and yeah. like you, you don't want to have to be the more mature one or the more resilient one. Right. So it creates this dynamic where you're like okay I guess we're friends but are you even a good friend yeah like yeah what what no. are we now no. at this point no <laughs> so you're like, nah. but I'm glad that like we both try so hard to like you love your son you you try so hard to make your son feel safe and he has yeah. someone to talk to and you are there for him in ways that maybe you know you didn't get from your parents for so. sure yeah I've never kissed my mom but oh never held hands with her Aww. very rarely hugged it just wasn't, she didn't, she didn't like, uh, she thought kids are gross, you know, like our hands were sticky. She wouldn't let us drink after her. You like ever she, wonder if our parents had like sensory disorders or some sort of like, uh, like my mom would joke about OCD and I'm like, no, I think you really had it. Yeah. I don't know. Something's wrong with my mom, but yeah, too late to tell now. Right. <laughs> I mean, but it helps me because now I'm like realizing how I like, like I'm, I'm like, Hey, don't, don't put your face on the ground or yeah. like the, I start and I'm like, I wonder if she really did have like actual OCD that was untreated, you know, yeah. cause those kind of mental health issues, 
can make other people miserable around you oh, yeah. and it can come off as like you're angry with them are yeah you, or not loving maybe she just loving. didn't really maybe she was ocd and it yeah, was like <laughs> a lack of like everything felt like out of control everything felt like overstimulating, overwhelming yeah. um irritating and so yeah i try to like i said you can have grace and understanding for someone who did you wrong or and you can forgive them whatever but still that doesn't mean like I think in church that line is blurred where it's like you forgive them, but then like you allow them access back into your life. And like that prevents us from, for one, being able to forgive people and let that go and heal because then you feel like you have to let them in. So you just don't, you, the whole, that whole, uh, it's like a corridor, the door keeps stays shut or, you know, whenever you do try to heal and whatever you let them back in and they keep re-traumatizing you and they right. keep, and then, then it hurts your own healing process and your kids and your relationships so it's I really hope that if there's one thing people understand from the breakup baddie it's that you can cut someone off and heal and forgive them and everything and they don't have to be allowed back into your space right yeah which is a really hard thing for me because I told you I'm an attacher yeah so I just felt like everybody had access could have access all the time over and over and over again because I'm attached to you now you're my person I mean guess we have to do this you know yeah and so it's been it's you know my my brother was the one that said you know you don't have to have a relationship with her Mm. and I was like I don't he said (laughs) No, I feel like you're better off without it most of the time. And I was like, oh, man. Wow. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I mean, your big brother are like the same person. Yeah, he's the I have those conversations with my little sister, too. It's 11-11 right now. 11-11. So looking forward, I have two questions. What is one little nugget of advice or a mantra or anything that you would you want to leave with people? And then um, after that, what's giving you hope right now? Okay. So. Okay. Um, I guess a mantra that I would want to leave with people is that you choose your, your reality. You choose your reality. Um, it's something I've been learning recently, um, but that's been really well, working well for me that you literally manifest what comes into your life. Mm. You just need to, and we all have to tap into that and it's easier for some than it is for others. I manifest very easily. And so it's been, a th- I mean, as you, I mean, I get do you per- know human design? Have you looked into human design? Uh-uh. Oh, you're probably a manifester. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent. Like literally I can tell people it's funny. Cause like at work, I'll, I'll mention a customer's name and it's somebody we haven't talked about or seen in ages. And I'll be like, you remember so-and-so and then they'll come in That's and, wild. and, and my, now my coworkers have been like, you manifest this customer. Well. Like, I didn't mean to, but like, you know, I got a free Consuela bag recently. I manifest a Consuela bag. I manifest a pair of Gucci Adidas. I saw I mean, that. Like, I was like, so yeah. I need to learn this from you. I and saw so it's funny because my boyfriend used to not believe he's not real into that. You know, he, yeah. he's like, oh, you're doing all that weird spiritual stuff again. <laughs> you know? um, but it, now he's gotten to the point where he's like, I, he can see it because I'll say something and it'll uh-huh. happen. And he's uh-huh. like, what the hell? How did you know? And I was like, I did it. I, I didn't know. It. I yeah. made it happen. Yeah, yeah. So I think people should start um, trying to get into their mind. Figure yeah. out, you know, figure out uh, that mindset. See if you can change yeah. your thoughts. That's Changing your thoughts will change your life. What are some resources that you would refer people to? So I YouTube a whole lot of like manifestation stuff. Um, Abraham Hicks. Um, I say um, affirmations when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first thing I do actually is I turn on my affirmations. And I've been saying the same affirmations for two years over and over again. You know, like well, but yeah. it's, I am beautiful. I am confident. I am worthy. I have uh, money flows freely to me, you know, and I just say them over and over again. That's so, good. Um, so that's been good for me. Awesome. Abraham Hicks is a 
guru, I guess. Yeah. Any books or anything or podcasts? Yeah. Or? Listen, I just do YouTube. Abraham Hicks is what I've been really into right. recently. So And um, check out uh, her podcast, Monsters in the Attic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a thing called Monsters in the Attic. Me and my work wife are doing that. So mm-hmm. It's um, a podcast about mental health. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We interview people who have actual, we, like we interviewed a narcissist. It was really kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was a sociopath, too. Wow. Yeah. If you, I love getting into the minds of people. Um, have you ever heard of, it's called mental healness. No. It's like the NES healness. I don't know why he did His name's Lee, but he's a narcissist, um, with uh, diagnosed and goes to therapy every week. And so he kind of, man, his page is changing lives because he does it with humor, but he tells mostly women, but he tells people like, he makes jokes. He'll do like skits and he'll show you the type of crazy shit a narcissist will okay, do. He's on a TikTok. He is. Yeah. 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 The dreads. Like, yes. I, I love that guy. Oh. I follow him. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's it's good because like I'll send it to someone who I know that they're going through like the same exact situation he's talking about. But he'll do it with humor. But I'm like, you, girl, you're dealing with a narcissist like this is a deep and he'll he'll say that he'll be like, y'all be careful out there. Like, yeah, you know, and he'll get serious sometimes when he needs to. But yeah. I love that he's putting so many people on game to like what yeah. it, he's breaking down that veil because a lot of us even deal with like narcissistic parents or co or coworkers oh, yeah. or bosses. And so when you start re- realizing I'm in, this is an abusive pattern. Like I didn't even realize I, I'm, this is narcissism that somebody, the way that someone's treating you, it's a compulsion for them. It's not just here and there. It's just a little person that like, nah, this is a personality disorder. Like yeah. this person you're caught up in their web and they can't even undo it without help. So, yeah. um, yeah, that Lee, he's hilarious. Um, but okay, last last but not least, with all that's going on in the world, what is giving you hope right now? Um, so is I, I'm gonna give the same answer is yeah. that I have been able to tap into a place inside of myself that I've realized that I can change the trajectory yeah. of how I feel and what's going on with me. Yeah. And um and and that might be a little bit of privilege because now that I, now when I say that out loud, I'm like, anybody can change their mindset. And I'm like, Oh, now you got me thinking, you know, <laughs> I feel like you can change the world within. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even totally. Even if you're in Vietnam and this horrific, this, you can still go inward. That's what gives and, me hope. That's yeah. what gives me hope is that I can go inward and mm-hmm. I've done it before. Yeah. And so I can look back on these spots in my life where I've been really, really low, but then gamed up, level up, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that level up is always there. Yeah, and, which um, makes sense because a lot of spiritual people these days are pointing out the fact that God is not like out there in the ethers. Like the universe is inside. Yeah, like, I call it God the you. is inward. I've, anytime I refer to God now, I call it the you. I call it you. Yeah. And so people are like me and I'm like, yeah, you yeah. and me and you. You yeah. like the, the big, big you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, because we're all just intertwined. That's what's yes. given me hope, you know, is that um, if I can change the inner instead of myself, yeah. then it's going to affect somebody else. Yes. Your inner world. Because I love seeing the analogy was like, uh, they said like shrooms are the most intelligent life force, like even more intelligent than humans. I believe that. And, and cause they were showing like the interconnectedness and it was, cr- it was wild at how intelligent they are. And so I was like, if plants and even trees are all connected underground yep. and stuff like that. So I was like, if we are in such an intelligent, we're surrounded by so much intelligence and so much beauty, um, you know, when we start disrupting it, um, then it does give me peace that like the the inner world and the inside, like no matter what's going on on the outside, that we can find solace there or some sort of like the presence of God and yeah. yep. peace and rest inward um even with all the turmoil happening around us and that can in turn strengthen us for totally the work that we have to do totally outside but oh my 
I loved you coming on the show Thank today. You. I was like, I don't want it to end, Thanks. y'all. There's, there's so much more I could have asked you about. I want you to come back and talk about like on the business side, like things yeah. that you've had to break up with in order to be successful, or like the hard, you know, saying no's and yeses. And I would love know. to talk about, you know, the breakup with religion. Yes. So. Oh, and religion. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have to schedule that to bring you back on. Yeah. Because that's that's important. That's an important piece, especially for us down here in Waco, Texas. Real hard here in Waco. It's hard. It's a hard Real conversation hard to have, but we so need it. Because I, I like I'm all you know. My thing is liberation, and I mm-hmm. want to liberate people from the shackles that bind us. Yeah. And so much of it is wound up in Western Christianity and yeah. patriotic religion. Like, ugh, yeah, I want people to be free, and even talking about spiritual things like your inner world and the universe. What I like, people are like, that's witchcraft. <gasps> yeah, I'm like, here we are trying to help people and get them free, get them in touch with God. Yeah, like the real God, and yep. people are like that's the you're the devil yeah oh my God. i know it's funny because i'm i'm a ritual person yeah and um and so it looks like witchcraft you know right. i have an altar set up at home and candles and all you yeah. know the things because yeah. i like ritual yeah you want to know what else is like ritual hmm. catholics yeah very ritualistic yeah. you know there's so much someone religion. even pointed out that that even if you're like they're like you ever been in your mom's house and there's a she's got knickknacks on a shelf or like your grandma or whatever like you can't touch it because those are her special mementos there's knickknacks right you can't touch it i was like that's, that's an, an altar yeah it's an altar <laughs> it's an altar <laughs> it's an altar it's like they're special prized memories yep. you can't touch them it's very sacred yep you know when we would move she'd wrap them up and make sure they didn't get broken and like the kids like the uh some people wealthier people have like the china cabinet yeah or whatever but like there are certain things that we all hold as prized possessions that mean have memories to us and whatever mm-hmm. and you just magic. like to look at them and whatever and they hold energy they like hold magic. why do you think yeah. we have like souvenirs yeah when we visit places totally it's like you carry that energy back home with you yeah and those memories so this it's all connected we try to compartmentalize and put god in a box and like yep. limit our understanding and we i'm don't like no god no we don't know god no. No. Is, <laughs> the more we accept that and yes. flow with that it's like the miraculous because ironically we're taught in church god is a mystery well then why do we spend so much time in, in religion like trying studying to study <laughs> like like outlining and putting parameters yeah. and i was like when you literally just said god is a mystery period that's it so why are you trying to act like you know more than i do okay <laughs> Okay, thank you. So it's been an all of this has been an un, unlearning and an undoing and an un, like my first religion class at Baylor helped me unravel what I thought about religion. You know what? That's crazy because one of my friends became an atheist after taking a religion mm-hmm. class at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Said it opened his eyes up to so he had yeah. only known about his own religion yeah. and that religion class expanded his mm-hmm. horizons I, and he became an atheist. I, I believe like, a lot <laughs> of our professors and not because they have any type of agenda, but I believe when you study religion, you realize how futile, how like our interpretation and our blah 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 like our grasp on it is so small and you start realizing how connected it is with other religions yes and how we all have a lot of commonalities are the same yeah yeah and so you realize it's just a big fabric this like a tapestry and you kind of let go of like i believe a lot of our professors in in that in that department probably are like agnostic or atheist or something have some different type of spirituality because once you start learning how you've been grasping on the straws this whole time and god is so much more expansive yeah than that yeah i can understand why yeah but that being said, um, we'll go ahead and close out here. Yeah. We, I think we did, um, we got a little bit over an hour, but it was worth it. Yeah, it was. So tell everybody where they can find you at. Um, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, Monsters in the Attic is on that. So if you'll please follow our podcast, we're a Rogue Media Network yes. podcast. So you can find us anywhere that you uh, listen to podcasts. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having I'm gonna have me. you on this again okay. because we want we need to dive deeper into that. That's gonna help so many people. Um, but y'all, thanks for tuning in. And if you want to be on the show or if you have a topic you want us to talk about, send it into the breakup baddie, B-A-D-D-I-E at gmail.com. Follow me everywhere on social medias. Um, yeah, and I also do life coaching. Um, and I love helping people work through breaking up with mindsets belief systems people friend groups anything you feel like is holding you back and you're kind of scared to do it on your own um no judgment here and i will help you find that power and that voice and just yeah i i I believe that you can create the life that you have imagined for yourself and i would love to guide you in that so follow me um i'm sorry go to thebreakupbaddy.com and that's where you can find um the 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 contact form to sign up for your first free discovery call it's 20 minutes and we'll just get to know each other and i want to hear about your life and what you want to break up with so we can get you to where you want to be y'all have a great day and um yeah we'll see you on the next one bye 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 Subscribe to the Breakup Baddie podcast now, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Find me on all social media platforms at The Breakup Baddie or email thebreakupbaddie at gmail.com. It's time to break free and unleash your true potential. Remember, the power to change your life is in your hands. So let's do this. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.